0: Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, the European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre, and today we have a very special episode. As we are getting to the end of the year, I would like to present you a reflection on what was one of the most important initiatives when thinking about the future of the European Union and how to make this project more resilient and closer to the citizens that live in it. This was the year where we organized the Conference on the Future of Europe. And until the 9th of May of 2022, the EU received 48,530 contributions, 18,955 ideas, 22,570 comments, and 7,005 events. To help the Europeans participate, there was a multilingual digital platform introduced, but also there were spaces for debate, like the roundtable discussions that took place in the member states, with the end result of having the most complete and comprehensive conference to decide what is the best course of action for the future of the European Union. For us liberals and Democrats, Renew Europe in the European Parliament did a fantastic job organizing roundtable discussions locally, sometimes online do that that period we were going through a COVID pandemic here in the European Union. And then very generously, Renew Europe invited some representatives of each country to be present in Strasbourg at what was the roundtable discussions of Renew Europe on the conference of the future of Europe. This happened at the European Parliament and this was an amazing moment for discussion and consensus building for a contribution from us liberals, to that final document of the conference. Allow me here to have a moment of personal note to say that I was very privileged to be selected by Renew Europe to be representing my home country at this event which is something that I will never forget. I will go into some of the major takeaways of the executive summary of the conference after welcoming today's guests. Today we are very honored to be joined by the member of the European Parliament Nicola Burr. The MEP was one of the forces behind the participation of liberals in the conference, including a visit that she did to the roundtable discussion in the European Parliament at Strasbourg that I just mentioned, where she addressed all the participants and thanked us for our participation. We should thank her for her passion and for her vision. Nicole is an MEP for a new Europe for Germany with the Freie Demokratische Partei, She's also a VP for the European Parliament and a member of the Parliament Bureau, the Committee of Industry, Research and Energy, and the Delegation for Relations with Israel. The MEP was very generous in giving me some of her time during the all party Congress in Dublin, where we recorded this conversation for all benefit. And again, after this conversation, we will be back to tell you about some of the highlights of the conference on topics that range from climate, stronger EU in the world digital transformation, democracy, migration, among others. But now, with no further ado, I bring you M.E.P. Nicola Beer. I'm here with MEP Nicola Baer. Nicola, thank you so much for coming to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's really great to speak about the future of Europe.
0: Oh, it's a privilege to have you here and to talk about something that I know you care a lot about and our listeners also. And that is exactly, as you said, the future of Europe. But more specifically because of the work done for the Conference on the Future of Europe. You were closely associated with that. So please tell us your experience from growing through the process, the original idea, the conception, and then the objectives of that great European debate.
1: Yes, thank you for asking, because the Conference for the Future of Europe was really one of my hard projects. Uh, indeed, it was the one of the reasons um, to change from my office in um, national parliament in Germany uh, to the European level and European parliament as we, as liberals in Germany, but also in the other member states, we had a strong feeling that the European Union has to reform. And there are a lot of our citizens pro-European, but they have a feeling that the structure um, is not fit for purpose uh, anymore, as um, we have new challenges, we have to face new crisis, and so we have to get uh, another um, procedures, um, better institution. And so this was really uh, something uh, in the core of our um, aims in the electoral campaign. After the election, then we could negotiate that. This was not um, uh, this was difficult. This uh, was not simple, but we put it through. Uh, and so, even if then we had some problems on the way, I think uh, it was really thrilling to see, especially with the participation of the citizens how outspoken they were they came from totally different backgrounds uh from every member state and so um to to hear and to reflect also on those discussions they had in between them but also with us uh was really fruitful for me um sometimes uh we had some difficulties on the way especially when it was uh, when we saw that For example, the discussion about working methods took more time than discussion on the content. So I think everybody was frustrated, not only the citizens, but also the politicians. But that we then at the end uh, could really deliver a package of recommendation um, is really important and is a great success of the conference. Yes, I do not sign every line It's a compromise, but this is clear that you have to find a compromise if you have people from 27 member states, um, from parliaments on the regional, national, and European level, from different governments and different citizens also. I mean, also citizens. We are not all on the same line. But I think you see in the package that the recommendations have really a weight. It's not something just on the superces. F- f- it's really something which is uh, uh, with uh, a vision for the future of Europe. And now, and I think this is an important point um, now we have to take this package these recommendations and we have to make from it uh, an action plan so that we can deliver. We have to go further. And so it was so important that Emmanuel Macron on the 9th of May said Mm -hmm. um, that there has to be a convention and that Mm. he will put it on the agenda of the council meeting in June. And I really hope that in the other capital there will be enough courage and ambition to really reform because we need Europe and why we need the Europe we have to reform.
0: That is a great point, Nicola, and I want to bring that up a little later. And that is what will come next. But still, on this one in particular, this was an effort was a first of its kind. Uh, we had more than mm-hmm. five million unique visitors. We have on the platform that was made for that uh, kind of contact. We have seven. 100,000 events. We had the Renew Europe table discussions that happen in the Parliament in Strasbourg, where I was very fortunate to be there and to see you were also there talking to us, <laughs> the citizens. So my question to you is, it looks from the outside that it was a success. But do you think that there could have been more advances? You said that sometimes they would boggle down on, on mechanics. Do you think, like for example, a second conference can be even bigger, even more ambitious?
1: I mean, yes. It was the first time in uh, European Union history that we had such a conference with participation of so many Um, citizens. And I mean, there were some saying, oh, we have 450 millions of citizens in European Union, and you didn't touch them all. Yes, of course. I mean, um, I also I had thought that we could get more from them. But it was for the first time those who participated decided to participate. They gave their time. They were really engaged. And I think this is better than nothing. Before we had only discussions in between politicians. And often these are only discussions in between governments. So this was really a process uh, led by the citizens themselves. And this for the first time, I think this is a success in itself. And... Maybe there will be later on other conferences. We are, for example, also discussing how we can monitor together with the citizens um, how we deliver on the package recommendations. And this, how we we will make such a conference or such a monitoring, um, this is in in discussion for the moment. This will be part of um, the questions we have to discuss with the action plan. For this moment, it's important that now from this package onward we go further so that now really commission and council are active because parliament is and it's not a question of the group. So the most of the political group in parliament want to go now further. We'll also propose uh, in the next plenary session um, that we will have to have a convention. We'll even propose that we need some of a treaty changement. So we'll use the Article 48 to propose treaty changes. Uh, and so the parliament from the starting on was very ambitious. Then we had to wait for the governments. And I'm sorry to say so as a German, also German governments under the old um, Government didn't did push for the conference. Now we have agreed in our coalition agreement uh, really specific points for the future of Europe. So I hope really that especially those big countries as Germany and France are can now promote the results of the conference.
0: Nicola, there are several key topics that were talking during the conference, and this is from stronger economy, social justice, jobs, and then, of course, environment, and now we have, of course, the uh, crisis of security in Europe. Where do you think then, as we move on, as we try to get that critical mass that we just a minute ago, will there be areas in specific that we need to even give that answer to the citizens in a more concrete way?
1: Yes, I think we have two different pillars. The first is to decide quicker. And this is the bi- this is, this is a big question of uh, having the possibility that not one member state can block, for example, uh, in foreign affairs and defense policy. I mean, we see it now with the aggression war of Putin in Ukraine, that we have to go quicker. So we have to, we need quicker procedures. Our institution has to be fit for this purpose. And the citizens demand this. I mean, they were calling for this also in the discussion we had in the conference. And I think that also the initiative right for the parliament is part of these quicker procedures because um, in this case, we have not to wait for the commission to come forward with a proposal. And I think that also to have full representation for our citizens needs that their um parliamentarians can propo- make proposals on their own as any parliament in our member states. And the second pillar is on the content. We have to go for more leadership as Europe. And you can have see this in the domain of foreign affairs and defense policy as well as in economic questions, health policy or others. Um, so this is really um, to have the ambition to lead, to be on the forefront, uh, to be competitive, um, to be innovation and market-driven in a sustainable way, as is always going together, also in a social responsible way. Uh, And um, so to organize this, I think, is a call from the citizen. And our responsibility now as politicians is to translate this in tools, in policies. Uh, because this is not what citizens are interested in, but they want that we have a sustainable growth with jobs which are well paid and future proof, and what is needed for that? This answer we have now to deliver, and um, this will be the discussions on the content.
0: Nicola, that is a great point, and let me stay there, because this is uh, something that I really want your take on it, and it's going to be my last question to you as your time runs short, but Citizens were very ambitious. Enough with the unanimity, let's change uh, the way that votes are made, let's change the way exactly as you were saying, very correctly so, how the European Union works. How was it from people from your side? Look at this request from the citizens and think, now what? Uh, can we go that far? Because as you said, one Member states saying no, we're not going to do this, and the thing dies there. So
1: now, I I was really really happy about this uh, because they were backing uh, what I wish for European Union since years, uh, and what made me changing from a national parliament to European Parliament. Um, so now to have really the argument uh, additionally that even the citizens are um, more ambitious, more courage. And then our governments in the capitals, I hope really that this will make moving um, our political leaders in the member states.
0: I've been talking with MEP Nicola Baer. Uh, Nicola, tell uh, our listeners, please, where they can follow not only you on social networks, but also more to know more about this. Because one of the objectives of the podcast is to give people information to become more active. So what our listeners should do to know more and to get involved
1: Uh, Of course, it's a good idea to follow me on social media or the Renew Europe group in the European Parliament. But you have also the um, digital platform from the Conference for the Future of Europe. And there you can uh, follow um, the discussions we had. And you can also have all the information they are clearly um, to find there. uh, And so I think that is a lot to follow. And you can also follow European Parliament because parliament is continuing on this topic uh, in its plenary session. So just choose it even in your home language because we are translating in 24 languages.
0: I'm going to put all these links on the podcast show note. I've been talking with one of my favorite MEPs. It was a tremendous privilege to have you on the podcast. Nicola, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. I'm back, and as promised, let's go into some of the highlights of the executive summary of the conference on the future of Europe. On climate change and its effects, and other environmental challenges, Europeans are particularly worried about curbing emissions and increasing the production of renewable energy. There is a need to accelerate the green transition, with concrete measures from the EU and local governments, fostering greener energy production and transport, altering consumption patterns, more sustainable agriculture, promoting biodiversity, and halting pollution. All this should be accompanied with education and communication at the EU level, and the question of social justice is also important in the context of climate policy. Strongly influenced by the experience of COVID-19 and its impact, Europeans also think there is a need for equal access to quality healthcare across the EU. Closer cooperation between member states, greater harmonization and integration through, for example, EU-wide quality standards of care. There is also a need for more research and investment in the field of medicine. Europe also needs to become more inclusive and socially just. Economic growth in the EU can happen with investments in research and innovation, further strengthening the single market and support small and medium-sized enterprises and strategic industries. All this with a special attention to the well-being of various groups of people, especially the most disadvantaged ones. Now, in one that I really care about, which is a stronger EU presence in the global political arena, in line with EU core values, we need strategic autonomy and the EU should be bolder in the exercise of both soft and hard power. This was not consensual. I was at Strasbourg during these discussions, and it was clear to see that there was some difference between Europeans on how the EU should exercise this soft and hard power, but the discussion was a vibrant one, and I think there's some good starting points for the rest of the process. We also need to facilitate and invest in digital transformation across a wide range of areas, including governance, the economy and health. This needs to include ethical considerations and to overcome the growing digital divide. There should be investment in digital education and digital skills, as well as investing in digital innovation. Now for democracy in Europe... We need to rethink European Parliament elections, and we just had a podcast on that. We need to future-proof European institutions' means of restructuring. And we need to think about the question of federalization. Again, I was present during discussions, and it was very interesting to see that there is at least a taste for more integration. But there was a lot of people like myself who believed that federalization could be a viable path. There is also the need to increase citizen participation to help shape policy making. Another need that was detected is to increase knowledge about EU matters and to foster a common European identity. Meanwhile, in the same time, we uphold the rule of law in the EU. On migration, on one hand, one group of interactions call for greater solidarity and better integration procedures, while on the other group of people thought that. There will need to be more action to control and reduce migration. Taking an intermediate position, I think, another group of participants would like to foster international mobility, but only between economically developed democracy. The most recurrent team include Common EU Policy on Migration, respecting human rights in the area of migration, supporting the integration of migrants in various ways, but also calling for stricter border controls and migration management. And then I would also like to mention, and for closing, that topics like education, culture, youth, and sport were brought up during the discussions how to promote those exchanges, how to promote a common identity, and how to promote mobility. As I mentioned, this is some of the highlights of the executive summary. I'm going to put all the links on the podcast show notes so that you can have more information about the conference on the future of Europe. And again, on a personal note, I hope that we do this again. I hope we bring Europeans to the table to discuss about the future of the European Union. And I hope Our friends in the European Parliament, the MEPs we elect, like the magnificent Nicola Burr, keep helping us to have that happen. I'm back. Just a reminder that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. This podcast is produced by the European Liberal Forum, co-founded by the European Parliament, and have the support of the social-liberal movement Think Tank in Portugal and Liberty Foundation in Poland. The views expressed herein are those of the speakers alone, and these views do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.